and welcome to Retro Wars, where each week me and a friend talk about the video games we used to play back when we were kids. And this is episode 42, and we are talking Link's Awakening for the Game Boy. Wow, this is old school. It's only our second Zelda episode. It's been a while. We've not done Zelda for a little while. I think the last one we did was the Oracle Games. Um, but yes, I decided it is time to go back into the world of Zelda, the world of Hyrule. Well, it's not even the world of Hyrule, this one, is it? And gone into the treasure chest that is Zelda, because we have plenty to play, and I have played the majority of them. This week, I am joined by a newcomer to the show. His name is Jake, and he is from the Press B to Cancel podcast. Now, obviously, his links are going to be in the chat. Make sure you support those people who support us. So go over to Press B to Cancel podcast and see what the five guys, there's five of them, five hosts are up to, and go see what adventures they're up to. They're up to like 100 odd 30 episodes, so they're way ahead of me at the moment. They're way ahead, but I will catch them up so jake is here and we are going to talk about legends of zelda Link's awakening but maybe about 20 minutes or something we've got a few things so i've got the intro to do and yeah Link's awakening i said is a game i used to play back in the day i think it was actually yeah it was the first zelda game i played as a kid uh, i played it on the original game boy and i still have a lot of love for this game even today and it has the remake which is even better but i still could play the original like i've heard people say that oh once you played the remake you don't need to play the original nah I'd still play the original. I'd still play the Game Boy Color version and have just as much fun. I really would. That's how much that game means to my heart. Now, I'm going to be completely honest with you. From top of the head, this today's show, it's going to be a bit of a mess, I think. Uh, because I have literally just got back from Canberra. I've just finished four hours driving. Finished my four-day little break with the whole family. And I'm absolutely knackered. And I need to be in bed quite quickly because I'm up at five. Because I'm recording two podcasts before I go to work and then work's going to be mental so it is going to be all over the place I haven't had time to do my usual notes I do apologize and we're trying to do the best I can hopefully it's a good show I've got beer I've got water we are ready to go the beer is to try and help me sleep because that's how bad it's going to go oh it's just going to be freaking chaos and at the time of the release of the show the world cup I'll get this out now the world cup is about to start the soccer football world cup however you want to pronounce it. And I know this show actually does get listened to around the world. So I wish to say every nation who is competing in the World Cup, go fuck yourself, because England's winning it. That's about all I'm going to say about that. Cheers, everyone. <laughs> That's going to get some hate, isn't it? That's going to get some hate. All right, let's just do the plugs and we'll get out of the way first, and then we can go into a bit of the fun stuff. If you want to support the show, you can do so by going over wherever you listen to this show. Give it a five-star review. Give it a comment. Tell me it's crap. Tell me it's amazing. Tell me what you like about it because any comments and any stars are really good for helping this show get pushed up little algorithms. If you want to support the show financially, you can do so at retrowars.com forward slash... No, that's not the one. See, this is, I'm not even looking at my notes. I'm doing this blind. Do we... Oh, start again. You want to support the show financially? It's patreon.com forward slash retro wars. There we go. That's great, isn't it? And for as little as $1.50 Australian, you get your own weekly show now. I said weekly, little show called DLC, where I talk about a range of topics I want to talk about, really. And as a bit of a sneak peek, this is episode 15, and it's my thoughts on all the new Pokemon that have come out. <laughs> The 
This was Sprigatio. I didn't mind Sprigatio as a grass type. I thought, oh, it could be quite cool, but everyone was hoping it was going to stay on its four legs. That just didn't happen. It was a green cat-looking thing. And then its evolution was Flor Flora Floragatio. So it's now on its two legs, and it's holding a flower. It looks quite cool, actually. It looks a bit darker in the sense of it looks quite evil. But then it evolved into Meowscarida. And, yeah, it lost that, like, ninja cool sense of its pre-evolution. Um, it's on its legs. It's on its back legs, which everyone's like, no! And that was episode 15. And probably for next week, I'll probably talk a bit more about games that were broken. I think games that are broken, that's the way I'm going to go forward. Because let's be honest, that's the top of the news this week. And I'm a little bit pissed off about it all. It's probably not the best time to catch me because I'm fucking knackered. So yeah, but what else do you get for your money? Well, as well, you get access to our Discord. We're trying to build our own little community. You get the chance for me to butcher your name live on the show. You get the ability to talk to me one-on-one. -on -one. You get to take part in all the shows that we do, which is DLC. Re survive or die, you can take part of 16 Bits of Nonsense, or just talk about the game that we're going to mention this week. Whole load of butt stuff. But, oh no, whole butt stuff, truckload of stuff, oh no. I know Chris Copleen's going to be going, ha 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 ha, dickhead. Oh, it's late. Well, it's not really that late, it's half eight at night, but that's late for me, because I used to go to bed at nine now because of exercise and running. Oh, my brain's just not working. All right, that's it. Let's just move on because it's going to become a shit show. This whole thing's falling apart already. Let's go into our letter section, which I call 16 Bits of Nonsense. Okay, 16 Bits of Nonsense, our weekly letter section where you can ask me anything. It could be gaming-related, movie, comic. I'll do my best to answer. And as always, Captain N has replied... Has used, <laughs> Captain N has given me a question, which I'm always reliable. He said, I've not read this, but I've not read any of the posts. I've not had a chance. So it's all blind. Captain N says, Would you rather, A, only be able to play games that are less than a month old, meaning you can no longer play them once they're more than a month old, or... Only be able to play games that were released through the year, 30 years ago. Okay, okay. Meaning you cannot play anything that is not 30 years... Hang on. Meaning you cannot play anything that is not 30 years ago to the year. Example, if a game was released in any month of 1992, you could only play that game in 2022. But if a game was released in any month of 1993, all right, okay, you can play them. Those, in, oh, okay, 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 got you right. So basically, what you're saying is, if a game's coming out now today, I can't play it until like a long time. I can't play it till 2025. Jesus. Mm. I think I'm going to go with a. Basically, yeah, you can only play games that are a month old. So it means I've got to be picky with my gaming. I really have to be picky because I can have great experiences. This isn't an ideal world, I should say, where I can play video games the rest of my life without any sort of family responsibility. I like my family, but this is a what-if scenario. I think if I could just play games and basically be able to bomb through them, I would go with this one. 
oh, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you could miss some real gems and they're in your backlog. We're not going to play them for 30 years. And where's technology going to be? In 30 more years, I'll probably be dead. The way I'm going, I'll probably be freaking dead. Now, I'm going to go with option A. I'm going to stick to that. Basically, if I can just pick some gems and don't pick ones that are going to take me 200 hours. Well, it could be because I could play the Disney Blade Chronicles 3 and then it's going to take me 100 hours. I could probably finish that in a month. And then I'm not going to want to play it ever again after completing it fully. And then I can just go to something else. But remember, it's only a month old, so I'd be really selective. So try and not get shit games or I'm in trouble. That's a good question, though. Ooh. Because basically, if you're saying you know, if it was 1992, ooh, then I could basically, I'd have to, I'd only be playing games like Sonic 1 and Sonic 2 now. Jesus. That's still not a bad, still not a bad idea. You got a whole, oh fuck! Oh, I don't know. I don't know. No, I'm sticking with option A. Option A it is. Jesus, stop. This is too late to stop messing with my mind, Captain N. You bar steward. All right, that is the end of the letter section. So thank you very much. And as I said, if you go on patreoncom red it's it's mess. patreoncom wars you can submit your questions, and I'll do my best to answer. Right, let's get into the news section, which I can't wait to get into, which we call Patch 42.0. Now, this is our news section. Now, I've not been doing a lot of research. There's only three news topics I want to talk about. Let's just get into the main one. First one, Pokemon. We all know it's out now. It was out on Friday. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet have now hit the shores and everybody got them. I got them at midnight. It's probably the first Pokemon game I've downloaded. Normally, I usually get them a physical copy. Uh, but if I did that, there was no way I was going to get hold of it because I said I was away. So I got the digital copy and it's fucked. I'm going to make this very clear. I like the game. I do like the games. I am enjoying myself. I've not got load very far so far. Oh, I am enjoying it. And I know people are going to be going, oh my god, the graphics are so shit. I'm not having that discussion. This is not what this question is, this whole rant is about. My problem is that the game is broken. It is currently, when you play it in a beta format, it doesn't stop you enjoying it. I should make that very clear. You can play this game if you want to and still enjoy it. I just think that the problems that this game has are very, very obvious and can really take you out of the immersion that you're meant to be playing a video game. Now, I've been shouting throughout that, you know, delay your games. And this is, you don't want to be the next Cyberpunk. Because when Cyberpunk came out, that game was fucked. That game was broken. Uh, everybody knew it was broken, yet they still released it. And it annoyed me that EB Games and a lot of other places were still selling the game, knowing that it was broken, and it absolutely infuriated. And I thought, no one wants to be that. So everyone was delaying their games because I thought, no one wants to be the next Cyberpunk. And I never thought in a million years, Pokemon would have been the ones to do so, because normally, you get it out and it's sorted. But no, this game is fucked. And you don't know what exactly what I mean. The, it's either... They put so much in the game, the Switch can't handle it, and that's their fault putting too much in this game, which people are going to go, no, no, how compared to other games? I know, I'm not a developer, I'm just putting it out there. Or it's not finished, and they've run out of time, and they've put it out there. Because I've been going into towns, and the character animations don't really run at 30, 30 FPS until you actually get to them. It's really jarring at some points. Like I, 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 Jake McCauley, one of our guests, messaged me. And he said, I've just got the game. And I said, um, well, wait until you get to the classroom, dickhead. 
And then he messaged me later on. I was like, oh my God. Because the scene where the character has to introduce himself, and it's not a spoiler, into the class. And the there's like maybe 20 models, 25 models on the screen. And oh my God, it is horrific. It's like everyone's doing the robot dance. They, it, the game can't process it. There's, uh, it's just going so slow and so choppy. You've got character models popping in and out. Like I remember was one, I was in the school looking at the library and I could see three Pokemon sitting on a bench and they were disappearing, appearing, disappearing and appearing. I was like, oh my God. And at one point you go into a town, you can see a windmill in the distance and it is very, very bitty. <laughs> and the one of the worst things, and you do it, one of, again, it's not a spoiler, it was in the trailer, you do a trial it's the grass trial and you have to find these sunfloras and they follow you and you have to find 10 of them. Oh my God, it looks fucking horrific watching you jog along all nice and happy and watching these creatures of the night coming at you so slow and horribly bitted like they're in an alternate dimension and some shit like that. It's absolutely dreadful. And again, you can, I'm going to keep making this point, you can enjoy the game if you want to enjoy the game. For me, it definitely takes you out of the experience of being immersed in a video game. There's no doubt about it. And it annoys me because there is no way in hell that when they put this out, they realize, oh shit, this game is complete. They would have known. The moment they the moment they started this, this isn't like 20 hours in. This is instant. This is as soon as you start the game that you can notice these problems. And it's so bad when IGN have to basically do a performance review video. What does that fucking tell you? It is one of the worst things I've ever seen in a game. Like, I've never seen it. Like, it's like old school GoldenEye on the N64. When the game couldn't run properly, it starts slowing down. This is exactly the same. It actually starts slowing down. It might only be for a split second, but you notice it. And you don't want to notice these things. And Pokemon games are usually polished. Nintendo games are usually polished. And the fact that they would have known. They would have known in testing. Holy shit. This is doing this. Because that's what that's what the whole beta testing is for. That's what these problems are. The games testers. Surely. It's going to come. Well maybe it might come out. I don't know. Someone's going to leak it. What happened? There's got to be questions. And as far as I know, I've not seen it, but to date, I have not seen anything from the Pokemon company saying, holy shit, or Game Freak, or Nintendo, that this game's fucked. Cyberpunk came out, they came out, well, the 60s, whatever they're called, Project Red, they came out pretty quick and said, we are willing to, we are working to pit patch this up. And it annoys me that companies have to have these day one patches to fix a lot of the problems in their games. Don't release the game. Don't release the game. Wait. It's got to be some mammoth patch to fix this. I remember when I downloaded it, it was like 7 gig. I was like, is that it? I thought I genuinely thought it's going to be like 10, 12 gig. I thought it was going to be massive. Guarantee this patch we get is going to be huge to try and fix this. Because it's not it's not like the odd thing. This is a big, big thing to fix. I, I don't know how long it's going to take them and how long as a, as a consumer we're going to have to have this project. A project in our hands that's fucked. Now, I know people are going to be listening to it goes, oh my God, it's the biggest company in the world. Game Freak is just fucking lazy. Well, that's an argument for another day, right? I'm not here to... I'm looking at trending tweets, 20, trending on Twitter at the moment. 24,000 tweets. Yeah, you wonder why. 
near enough as RPRP Twitter. Wow, okay, so they pissed off some people. But look, that's another that's a conversation for another day. How big the company is and how lazy it's been. This could have been the biggest company in the world. This could have been the smallest company in the world. It doesn't matter. They put out a product that was not ready. And for me, that is horrific. Especially with Nintendo, because their track record has always been solid when it comes to releasing games. We never usually have this issue. You usually get the game, maybe the tiniest minor thing, like, but you can just play the game as it is. I've never played a Switch game and had to say, oh shit, that's broken. I can't play it. Every Switch game I've played has been great. Every one. And it's a six-year-old, five, six-year-old console now. Even now, put the Mario in the other Mario Rabbids. Fine. Worth the treat. And I've got a ton of other games, and I imagine they're going to run a treat. This is unbelievable. And as I get, I'll keep clarifying. I do enjoy the game. I do enjoy Pokemon. But this is unforgivable. And it is, because it should have been... Look, I know the other argument I'm going to hear, and I guarantee people are going to... I've been reading on Pokemon websites, or Pokemon forums, sorry. It's like, oh my god, well, the fa- it's the fans' fault for putting too much pressure on the company. Because they want too much, and then they get it, and they go, holy shit, it's, it's not what we want. Two different arguments. One, I don't think nobody I've seen is complaining about the gameplay and about the game itself, as in how it's structured. Because again, I will do a separate review for DLC about how I think the game is and its structure. I don't think anyone's having that problem, so they're all complaining about the performance issues. And again, wouldn't you? I understand the pressure this game is absolutely immense. There's no doubt. This, this is like GTA level of pressure there always is but it's like a final fantasy gta zelda pokemon are all up there that huge level of expectation maybe it's more much pokemon because it's the biggest multimedia franchise in the world so the pressure's on it but even if the pressure's on it you want a table with four legs not with a wonky leg it's, it's a fact you want a finished product if it was crap it was a crap game well then you can have that goes back to the argument oh it's the laziest company in the world or you know the fans want too much no, the fans just want a game that works. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Now, I've also heard uh, there's been another argument that... And I was arguing on someone on Facebook. I'm not going to mention the guy's name. It fucking made me laugh. And he basically said, it's our fault, the fans, because we moaned that we wanted the games to be simultaneously simultaneous, released at the same time as the, the, the East, as Japan did. Because remember, like, back in the day, Pokemon Red came out here. Gold was about to come out. And because we bitched and moaned so want so much, Nintendo or Game Freak had to push it and it wrecked the games going forward. No, that's not it. It's not the fans' fault. I think the fans are desperate to have the game out at the same time. As as it makes sense. Otherwise, the Jap, Jap you know the Japanese market, we don't get it for six seven months. Bullshit. We live in that time now where it's a big company. I don't think that's that's too much of an ask to have the game release on the same day worldwide. I have no problem with that. And again. Biggest company in the world. It's not too much of a problem. And if you're saying it's going to rush the release date, we'll just push it back. And this is what I'm going to keep saying. Push the game back. Even if they had come out a week before release date, the you know the 11th, week before, even two days before, I'd said, do you know what? We've got to, we, we've got to halt this. This game is still... Well, there would have been complaints why did you dish it out because it would have already been shipped. If they come out a month, week before argument's sake and said, we're really sorry, this game is still not ready, we've tested it, and it's just broke, we, we cannot send this out, it is a poor product, We it'd be a discredit to you, the fans, guaranteed there'll be some people going, oh, I'm pissed off, it's a big, you know, that same argument, the biggest company, blah, 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 but 
I think more people would be happy to go, fair enough. Because you wouldn't be having Game Freak being um, trending like this on Twitter and other groups and then basically asking for heads to roll. There's no way you'd have that. And this person had the same argument. He was like, oh, people would be kicking off if they did delay the game. I said, no, they would not. I said, Elden Ring. From Software delayed that game, I think twice. And everyone was like, yep, yep, yep. If that need that, that cake needs to cook a bit more, let that cake stay in that oven. And what do you what do you get? You get one of the best games of the generation, possibly game of the year. Because it was ready. When they wanted to release it, they said, right, it's fine. I would have had not one I would have had more respect for Pokemon and Game Freak if they'd said, This is fucked. I would have had so much respect for them, but they didn't. They they just left it. And I've lost a lot of respect for Game Freak and that. The fact they've not come out, like, I'll, I'll check, I'll check if anything, but nothing, I can, I'm, I'm going to go on Facebook because, well, I can go on their Twitter, I can go on anything really and just have a look. As far as I know, I, I'm, I'm clicking around here, there's been anything recent, I don't think there has been. Um, there's been nothing. Let's look for the Pokemon company. Um, Pokemon, have you said anything? Um, no. There's been nothing. Nope. 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 I'm scrolling on Twitter and there has been nothing. That is appalling, in my opinion. Because they'll know this is coming. They'll know. They know it was coming. And the fact they've not come out... And this isn't just going to be a statement. This is going to be a, this isn't just going to be like a, um, a a JPEG, you know, submit online thing. This is going to be they're going to come out. There's going to be a video apologize. I guarantee there'll be a video apologizing for what's happened. And no doubt they'll probably say, "Look, here's loads of free shit," which is I think what the players should get. Loads of shiny shit, whatever, make everyone happy. But there's going to have to be some apologies. Like, I, Nintendo must be sitting there going, you fucking what? It, it's just before Christmas. This is how we sell consoles. We sell consoles. And they would have been looking at it going, this is an old console. We need to push the console. Probably the last time we're going to push it. We need this game out for Christmas. And that's probably where it's come from is that pressure. It's because Christmas, they probably knew, shit, we weren't ready. We, we This isn't going to be ready till January. But the Christmas push, getting out the consoles. And again, it's money. At the end of the day, it's all money. Money, 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 money. Like, we don't know what was going on behind the scenes. We, we will never know what was going on behind the scenes. I got, part of me thinks that maybe Nintendo had their foot on Game Freak's neck. Saying, well, you fucking better release this before Christmas. Or we're not going to be happy. Because they will be banking on people buying this console. Buying the new Switch. The OLED version. Or OL, whatever it's called. With this game. Garen freaking take. And it's just gone tits up. It really has. I When we're going to get it, I don't know. I just don't know when we're going to get this patch. And even if this patch is going to fix it, that's going to be the thing. Can this patch even fix the problems? Because it's going to have to be one freaking big, massive patch to fix this. It really is going to have to be big. I don't know. I just want it to. I just want it working. I want it. I want to work so badly. I want to just crack on it and just keep playing. But look, only time is going to tell. I, I don't want to just keep repeating the same stuff because that'll bore people. But yeah, there's my thoughts on it. To be honest, not happy.
up. Yeah, you can't win them all, can you? All right, so what else has been happening? So there are two other things I'm going to mention. One is Sonic. Yeah, I seem to mention Sonic a lot here because Sonic is doing more good things by the day. The movies, the game is okay. It's not again, it's not well beaten, but this is not fucking broken. I'm not going down that again. Sonic 06, anyone? Um, but Sonic Prime, now I've been talking about this is Amazon's version. I was like, okay, it looks all right. I wasn't sure about the art style. I wasn't sure about just the big blue sky. However, new trailer just dropped. Holy shit. Wow, are they hiding stuff for a, for a long time? It is not just a, we're going to be in the Green Hill Zone. We're going multidimensional. And it looks like basically Dr. Robotnik's fucking around and he ends up causing a multi-dimensional rift where Sonic gets pulled in and he goes into different dimensions where everything is either Robotnik's in charge of Council Robotnik's or all his friends are turned to robots or the pirates. It looks incredible. And it's a... It's a five clap if it comes out really good. It's five claps so far. It was a good trailer. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Sonic in 2022 could be a huge revival for the series. Good game, good movie, good TV series. When do we say that about Sonic? Never. Absolutely never. So I'm with it, and I hope it does well. It's coming out soon. All four will be watching it and binging it as soon as it comes out. And I pray to God it's going to be a good series. Right, final bit of news. I never thought I'd actually mention this. Um, Peter, Peter, the animal rights group have come after God of War Ragnarok. Um, apparently, a spoiler, I should say this first, um, you have to fight this big-ass wolf and called Garm. And Peter have basically come out and tweeted them and say, it's like Grey Sif, Grey Wolf Sif all over again. That's in Dark Souls. We're asking Sony Santa Monica to create a Peter, Peter mode so God of War Ragnarok can be played without violence to animals. So... <laughs> So basically, you have to fight this big-ass wolf. And you know what? I thought, don't be fucking stupid, dickheads. But then again, I thought, actually, this could be the first time I'm with Peter on something. Because, my, if you fought Grey Wolf Sif in Dark Souls, it, it's horrible. I love Sif. I don't want to fight him. I want us to have a beer together, be my cuddly best friend. But no, I've got to kill him for the sake of the fucking story. You have to kill him. There's no way around it. There's, you can't get around it. You have to kill him. And it becomes more tragic when you do the DLC. So yeah, I'm with this. Make a Peter version. <laughs> so I don't have to kill Sif. And he instead can be my best friend. And kick ass with me. So Peter, you've got a fan. For this post only. Just this one. That's all you get. The rest of you say is shit. And that's it for the news. Right, that's me done, because otherwise I'm going to be fucking ranting. All right, let us get into our free section, which anyone can play, which is Stick It Up Your Jinjo. Uh -huh. Stick It Up Your Jinjo is for everyone to play, where basically you can tell me about your gaming frustrations or your gaming wins of the week. And we've got a little few... Someone who's put something in another language I can't understand, I really apologise. They said, Gaming Achievements was able to play the game that will be released next week. I assume you're talking about Pokemon, you naughty person, because it was four days ago. Yeah. Frustration, wasn't able to play my Switch because of work-related stuff. Ha <laughs> ha! You got your fucking corpids. Ha <laughs> ha, dickhead. <laughs> Although, you probably didn't miss much because it's a broken game. Um, Chris Port Portsline says, Lack of playing time is my frustration. Completely agree with that. I barely get any time to game anymore. Hence, I have to game at like 5, 6 in the morning or when everyone else goes to bed. 
yeah, it's that's that's life. Unfortunately, I do like that meme where it's like, what's the what's the best thing about gaming? The cool thing is you don't, and that's how I kind of feel sometimes. So I have no chance to game anymore. And Chris Copling says. I'm still playing Final Fantasy VIII, and I'm getting frustrated how bullshit it is to get items to upgrade your weapons. I, I can agree with that. I've, what I can remember, you have to get weapons through... You need, like, an, a magazine, and that tells you what you need to get what items, and you have to get them from enemies, I think. Oh, the Final Fantasy VIII upgrade system was just a fucking mess. That's that's why uh, it suffered the fate it did last week on Survival Die. Um, but yeah, I'm with you on that, Chris. It is a bit of bullshit. And if you haven't got a guide, um, good fucking luck, to be honest. That's the best thing. Good fucking luck. All right, that is enough of that. Let us get into our other Patreon-exclusive game, which is called Survive or Die. Hey, listen! Right, Survive or Die is where we look at two characters, games, things, anything a part of gaming, and they've been tied up by Negan. They're gonna basically they're in front of him and Lucille. One of them is getting their brain smashed in, one of them is surviving. But I wanna ask you, which one is it? Which one's surviving or which one is dying? And this week, because we are talking Link's Awakening, we're talking heroines of the series, and we are talking well, we're talking Zelda, not Zelda in general, now if you don't know, there have been, in the Zelda series, each Zelda and each Link are like reincarnations of each other, so we are looking at the Zelda from a Link to the Past, because that is part of that series of games, of Link's Awakening and the Oracle games, and we're also looking at the heroine from this game, Marin. So we're asking you the question, which one of those should die? Captain N says... Zelda is the name of the game, so without her, there wouldn't be Legend of Zelda. Saying that, I do love me some redheads, so Marin survives and Zelda dies. Fair enough. The redheaded... I do like the redheads. It, the wife thinks I like blondes. I don't know. I prefer redheads. I just... I don't know where she gets it. Oh, because she's blonde? No. It, it never is that. Who always thinks it's never the case. Raging Demon says, I share Captain N's appreciation for redheaded women as my queen is redheaded. There we go. Zelda has an unhealthy, over-dependent relationship with Link and does not re really reciprocate the kind of effort he puts in. Well, what kind of effort are you meaning, Raging Demon? You could say Marin is Link's dream girl, oh, like that, and she just goes out into the dangerous parts of the map like a fucking savage and plays the music for all the animals. Yes, she does. All the retconning of Zelda into halfway competent individuals are for naught. Marin survives. Wow, okay. He's gone that way. May all games now be called Legend of Marin. I could say it was a difficult decision, but that will be as real as that island. Ooh, ah, do we go into that? But I'm going to go with that. Legend of Marin. Imagine if they changed that. That's what they should have called this game, The Legend of Marin. I would have bought that. Chris says, Chris Coughlin, it makes sense that you shows Marin and she's a ginger. Okay, are we are we going? Is this attacking everybody else here? You got why? Why do you lot attack each other? You read each other's comments and start attacking each other. And Chris goes on and says, "It makes sense that you chose Marin as ginger, and we all know gingers have no soul." South Park tells us that. Therefore, she cannot die, only disappear into the void of a dream world. So of oh, the dream world. So I'll say Zelda can survive and Marin can die, only to find out that she can't and possess Zelda to make a weird Zelda skin. Cr fucking yeah, you've gone fucking rogue there, Chris. Jesus, everyone else is, I know, I suppose, bashing their brains in. Ugh. But you're just making as weird Zelda skin crawl. Nice. And then Captain N goes back on this and says, I'd like to amend my comment to add Chris to the die list because of that ginger comment. My people will not stand by and be insulted by a normal. Can you lot just stop attacking each other? Please? 
this is meant to be a nice, friendly discussion about which one of them will have their brains smashed in, and you lot are all after each other. And looking at all your comments, I am going with Marin to survive. Because I like Marin. I think she's a badass. She actually has more character development than, than any of the Zeldas up until probably Breath of the Wild. Up until that, Zelda is just this terrible character with no development, no growth, nothing. Whereas Marin is a the dream girl. She's awesome. She's cool. And a bird. You'll find out about that. But a, I like her. I really do. And I feel sorry for her. So, Marin, you're surviving. Zelda from Link to the Past. Sorry, love. You're getting your brain smashed in. And that's that, to be honest. Okay, right. So, we've had enough of that. All right, before we get into the game, I'm going to give you guys a chance to talk about what well, the game we're talking about. It's obviously Link's Awakening. Sorry, I lost my train of thought for a second. Okay, what have we got? So, oh, for God's sake, we're going at each other again. Raging Demon, he says, I love this game. It was the first Zelda game I played. I got the DX version when I got my Game Boy Color as a kid. As a kid. If you're a 2D Zelda fan and not completed the trade sequence and found every goddamn seashell, then shame on you. The remake was also dope. Oh, and the color dungeon and the ending. Wow. Link murders everyone when you stop and think about it. Captain Endman replies, Link is a stone-cold killer. Yep. Yep. Captain N then goes on for his own comment. He says, I remember playing the original on as a kid on my Game Boy. I didn't really get into it then as I wasn't the right age to truly appreciate Zelda games, but going back after playing the remake on the Switch was a blast right out of the past. This is one of my favourite games in the franchise. And it is for me. It is one of my favourite games in the franchise. I still love this. And as I said at the beginning of the show, I am happy to keep playing this. We'll keep playing it and have a great time. And, you know, play it just as much as the remake. So, brilliant game for me. Love it. But that is enough for me going on. We, we, I've been going on for good another half an hour. Wow, I thought this was going to be a mess and we wouldn't get anything. But we have. We've got a whole show out. So, we're going to get into this. And we're going to get into it with Jake. And as I said, make sure you go over to Press B to Cancel website, which is pressbetacancel.com. And listen to their podcasts or anywhere you listen to their show. And let's get some music on. And when I come back, myself and Jake are going to be talking about Link's Awakening that was released in Europe in December the 1st, 1993. Fuck me, I'm old. Making his grand debut from the podcast Press B to Cancel is Jake. How are you, my friend? Doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on today. Well, thanks for... I should always say thank you for coming on. It's always nice to have other podcasts come on. As you said, it's a bit of cross-pollinization. It's a big word for me. I was struggling with if I was going to pronounce that one, but thank you. <laughs> and you wanted to come and do Link's Awakening for the Game Boy. Well, that's the thing. Link's Awakening is probably one of my favorite games especially in the game boy and maybe even the franchise so i'll take any excuse i can to talk about Link's awakening i love this little game i love this so much and it was my first ever zelda game i ever played back when i was a little boy and it's it yeah it was the only i didn't realize well i always knew it was one of the early ones but i was like was it before ocarina of time or was it after my memory was always fuzzy um because it's been so long but when i looked at dates i was like oh no it was well before well before oh, yes. Ocarina yeah. of Time. In fact, it was and only it was ninety three, I believe, right? So that's yes, only two years after Link to the Past. Yeah, yes, that's not long. But this was—I honestly believe this helped the Game Boy 
immensely. Like, it put it on a platform. Because the Game Boy was only meant for Tetris. And the fact we got this gem was fantastic. Well, you know, the Game Boy is... It's it's the underrated system. It really is. It had such a long lifespan. I know before we were recording, we were, I was talking about how... Most of the time, we didn't really have many games for systems. You know, four or no. five. You know, Christmas time, birthdays. But the Game Boy... I had a Game Boy for, gosh, 12 years, I think. And it was one of the few libraries I was able to kind of get a number of carts for. It was cheaper. There was tons of games, mm-hmm. and I had it for so long. And uh, there's a lot of hidden gems on the Game Boy. And it's just, it's a great system for what it is. I, I love my Game Boy. Like, I had the big fat, fat one, the green one. And I had that for so many years until I got my yes. first Game Boy Color. Um, and I, the amount of hours I spent on it playing Pokemon like Pokemon and Zelda. They were the main games I played. Pokemon, Zelda, and I'd say the Mar- Super Mario games, not number one. Number two. Um, uh, and the Turtles game. These have an old Turtles game. Was it Revenge of the Foot Clan or something like that? Yes, I remember that one, yeah. So they were my played, I played games. a lot of Donkey Kong myself, personally. When I picked up Donkey Kong with the Game Boy Color, that was probably the surprise hit for me that year. So lots of value in that one. It, it's just a great little console and honestly, Zelda for me—the fact it was only their third game. This this game is incredible. Like, if you wonder, it's going to get a high score. I'm not saying it's getting perfect, but it's getting a high score because this is great. And I honestly think it still holds up today. If you were to put it in your cartridge, even the original, it would still hold up. Yeah, the thing with the Game Boy's graphics, right? I mean, you had a limited color palette to work with, right? You mentioned you had the big fat yellow and spinach colored Game Boy. Oh, That's yes. what I had as well. And for such a limited graphic capability, it still looks really good. The sprite detail is amazing. There's a lot of variety in enemies and characters. It just, and the, the title screen and the intro cinematic for four colors. <laughs> yeah, it looks that's fantastic. All yeah. It was absolutely great. And like, yeah, on the, on the spinach console, it looked terrible. But if you played it on like a, a Game Boy Pocket, it, it it was like black and white. That was the half. That was so nice on that console. Right. It just looked so crisp. But I'm going to make a statement here because a lot of people love it. I think this link, hand, well, it's the same link, isn't it? It handles better than he does in Link to the Past. You know, I, I go back and forth on this one. Right. And it's, you know, top five lists, personal top five lists are kind of changing moment to moment. And I always flip flop whether I like Link's Awakening more or Link to the Past more. It's tough because they do feel very similar. But there's a lot of quality of life changes in the controls, I feel, with Link's Awakening. And I think you're right. I think it does handle a little bit better. I honestly I'm not I have not finished Link to the Past. And I did a list um, of my top 10 Zeldas. So I'm not spoiling anything, but people will be annoyed of that list. That was on the Patreon (laughs) show. But I honestly think that Link to the Past Link, and I will stand by this. The first time I ever played it was on a plane. And I played it recently. And I still have the image. He is walking with a dick up his arse. (laughs) He like waddles. I don't know why. I don't know why he walks like that. Whereas Link to the Link's Awakening walks great. Absolutely fluid animation. <laughs> then you've got Link to the Past. It's like he constantly needs a shit. Like he's like, oh shit. Oh. He's like running to the toilet. You look how he runs. He runs like a moron. Well, it's that Mode 7 graphics, right? It just takes a little bit more, 
little more cushion in the pushing to get it moving across the map. But you know, bloody does need some cushion. <laughs> and the thing that the cushion's about to come out of him, he runs like a moron. Honestly, I played the Legend of Zelda one. Legend of Zelda one walks better than the Link and no. Link's Awakening. Yes, that's crazy. There's better. no way. So yes, you know what thing with okay, Legend of Zelda Nintendo. The problem with that one, and I love that game, is that you only have the you know the the, the cross movement up, down, left, right. There's no diagonals. At least with Link to the Past, you can move diagonally. That's that's the benefit there. Yeah, but he doesn't need a poo. Well. I don't know about that. <laughs> you honestly go back and watch it. You'll go. All right. I think he's right. I think he's Game's ruined for like me he now. Needs the Thank toilet. You. <laughs> yeah, I ruin, ruin everyone's childhood. Your link needs a poo. And the thing is, I say it's the same link because the link to the past link is the same link in Link's Awakening in the plot in the story of it all of the multiple of links. He is. It's like a side story, but it is the same link. It's the only one. It's the only link who's done four stories. I think it is. If you include the Oracle as two. Actually, you know what? I haven't played those two. So, is it the same character in those as well? Yes. So it's okay. Link to the Past first, then it's the Oracle games. Although they came after Link's Awakening, and then he right. goes out on a boat after the end of the Oracle games, and then basically, yeah, then he gets shipwrecked on this island from Link's Awakening. And then it's all a dream, a dream sequence. It oh, spoilers. Really is after. Oh, spoilers. No. Oh, no. Spoilers. A 30 year old game. I'm so sorry. Oh, no. What are your chances? <laughs> yes. So, it is, that is the big plot twist. Um, so, Link, because yeah, Link wakes up on this island, because that's the plot. Link wakes up on an island shipwrecked, having w- w- defeated Ganon in the Oracle games. And he basically lands on this island and he's told, oh, you've got to go wake up the windfish. And about halfway through, you find out that, oh, it, you know, this is actually all a dream. And if you wake up, you're going to kill everybody. It's like, ooh. And I, ooh. I love how each of the bosses, as you get further into the game and take more of the more of them down, they all start telling you what you're doing is wrong. <laughs> they, the bosses yeah. are the ones telling you, you might be the bad guy here going to annihilate everybody who's living on this island. And like, who's really the monster here? And I, well, I love how it gets a bit dark toward the ends. Well, it does, doesn't it? Because, you know, in, in all of the Zeldas, it, it, it's always the same thing. Like, collect the eight things you need to collect items, blah, 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 beat Ganon, save the world, or save, or beat whoever. But in this, it's very different because, yeah, the the, the plot is simple, wake the windfish. But the results, it's like, you're going to... It says not even kill people because they're fragments of an imagination. They're not real people. But do you want to end that world that you live in, knowing that you're gonna, you know, kill off all these people? It's a, it's like, yeah, you are the bastard here. You are the bastard doing it all. And for every past Zelda game or in future Zelda games, you're always that hero in green. You're always the hero of time, the hero of whatever. Mm-hmm. And this is the one game in the entire franchise, I think, that yes, you could be argued to be the bad guy, whether they're real or not. I don't think it matters. It's more. Do you want these people to be alive, I guess, even if they are fragments of your imagination? Because at the end yeah. of the game, I mean, for the spoilers, but you do see the, the windfish flying above you. So is you it do. really a true dream or not, right? Yeah, that's that's the weird thing. And you wouldn't give a shit about any of the cast at all. You wouldn't care about them. But you bond with Marin, so your young girl, yes. who could probably be the equivalent of a Zelda-esque character. And you bond with her... And they flesh it out dramatically in the remake. 
uh, on the Switch. But you bond with her and you feel like, oh, you're going to be kill you kill her off as well. Essentially, you're killing off her. And although in theory, in the in the in the version on the Game Boy Color, they flesh it out and imply that she becomes a seagull. I was like, no, that's bullshit. I'm not having that's, that. That's not a life. That's Fuck not. That. That's not a life. That's the worst fate possible. <laughs> yeah, I didn't kill you, but I changed you to a bird. <laughs> yeah, I changed it to a bird. It's like, oh, cheers, game. It's like bullshit. And there's some freaking questions here. How have you been able to make a seagull? I was like, and of all the items you chose, you chose me to be in a freaking bird. Couldn't you just make me a human or something? No, no, bird you be, bastard. Like, That's no the worst kind sense. of reincarnation. I'd rather be no. the bug. Like, I, I <laughs> at least your existence is bug. short. Yeah, yeah, your existence is short. Yeah, it's going to be eaten probably by that bird, so you're yeah. going to be finished <laughs> off. But the thing is, with this, you know, this whole thing is like, yeah, you bond with Marin which is great. But if you think about when you have this dream, when you have any dream, this is like just me, you, me, anybody, anyone listening. How often have we had a dream and then woken up and going, oh shit, that was amazing. Oh shit. I actually really like the dream. I don't want to leave it. How many times has that happened? Not and very rarely, but it's that, that fleeting minute, the minute when you first wake up, was that real? And then you have to like poke yourself. No, that was just a dream. It happens so rarely. Dream. But yeah. But in, in the manga of this, the manga's awesome. Um, Link, when he finds this out, actually gives up. Gives up halfway. And he's like, nah, not doing it. I'm going to stay in this world. But then he realizes he has to because the island keeps getting attacked by monsters. But he has to, in the end, go and wait the windfish. But he doesn't just want to do it. He's like, nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be the bad guy here. And I was like, see, there's, there's the thing. But Link's like, Link in this game, just like, nah, fuck it, don't care. I'm going to carry on. I didn't even realize there was a manga for this. That's news to me. <laughs> yeah, there's loads of mangas. There's loads of really? mangas. Like, you, you can get a whole collection. I got it for Christmas off my brother. Um, and it's like, they've got uh, Majora's Mask, uh, Link to the Past, um, Ocarina of Time. Oh, damn. It's Minish Cap. Yeah, Minish Cap's one as well. There's like loads of different collections. They're obviously not oh. canon, but they're still cool to read. Well, I mean, Zelda lore and story and what's canon and what's not is just a it's just a never-winning battle. I don't even think Nintendo knows what they want as their official canon <laughs> for oh, this God, franchise. They, they still don't know, and they still don't. Where's Breath of the Wild fitting? Don't know. You going to answer that yeah. question? Nah. Nah. They're not even going to nah. try. They, they don't even, even let plans try. try. Just, just as, He's just Breath of the Wild. It's in the future, I guess. Just, just figure <laughs> it out. Just, yeah, you, 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 you bastard sort of that out. You'll figure it out. You'll be fine. Now, this world itself where you compare it to breath of the wild is not breath of the wild in the sense of the map is not no. that big in comparison to breath of the wild which is ridiculous but this is a very very small map but again you're working with game boy hardware which is limited but i thought it was a nice little condensed map and i loved exploring it because every little tile meant something well even if you compare it to link to the past even it's not even that big because Link to the Past no. had light and dark worlds. This doesn't have any of that. It's much smaller. But what it does have, I think, which is great, is it has the secret seashells. I'm going to butcher saying that. <laughs> but those shells yeah. are hidden throughout the map. Well, I'm not even going to try that one. <laughs> but they're <laughs> hidden amongst the map. And some of them are hidden you know, fairly obviously, but a lot of them are hidden fairly well. And getting all of those requires exploring and digging everywhere. And I like that about this game. I like how you're rewarded if you explore and bomb walls check every grass check bushes 
there's a lot of reward there for exploring, which you don't see in a lot of games. No, there is. And I agree. Like, you know, it gets to the stage where you've got to start, get your shovel out and just dig everywhere. And there's only 26 of these shells. So that means there's not many. So basically, yeah, your odds of finding one are rare to find the later ones. But you need them if you want to get, like, the better sword. Because there's no master sword in this game. So if you right. want to get a powered up sword, you need to get shell hunting. Yeah, and I love that too about the, um, it's the seashell mansion, I think it is. Yes. And I love that, how you go to it periodically and you have to, you want to, because if you hit certain threshold of shells, you go to the mansion and it kind of gives you an extra shell as a reward, kind of pointing you in the right direction. So it's 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 an interesting mechanic. I kind of like it, to be honest with you. I don't like the idea of, oh, here's the master sword. Here you go. They just give it to you without a whole lot of effort. Right. Even in Link to the Past, the Master Sword was kind of like, you know, get three dungeons done and you get it. This one, you yeah, kind of have go, to earn yeah. it, right? You have to earn it to get it. And I think you can beat the game without it, if I'm not wrong. No, you can. You can. It just means yeah. that you're just going to have, you're going to be doing less damage. Right. You just bait, and it, enemies will take twice as long to hit, I think. Um, but that's like the Oracle games, like your sword can go from one, two, three. Um, so you just basically do less damage. But if you want to do it that way, that's how you want to do it. But they, they, this game isn't, like, there's not a lot of, apart from the seashells, the secret seashells, you've got only 12 heart pieces. In comparison to most Zeldas, that could be ridiculous. Um, but 12 is a nice, nice manageable amount. I know, again, in Remake, they double both the heart content and the seashell. So you've you got a lot more to find in the Remake. But again, that's the Remake. But I just thought, it's a nice little compact story. You know, you can you can get through it. You're not going to be spending like as long as you might on Link to the Past. But again, you're going to be playing on a handheld console with batteries. Right. So you haven't got as long to be able to do it with. Oh, I remember going through so many batteries playing this game. Because, I mean, what it used to be, what, two hours, three hours maybe for a Game Boy back in the day? And Yeah, it's yeah. about that, about right, yeah. But it's still a sizable amount for a handheld. I want to say this game is, what, 10 hours to beat if you take your time? Maybe longer? Yeah, I'd say that's about right, yeah. Because yeah. you've got, there's a lot to do. And, you know, you've got the eight dungeons which are quite cool because you've actually got to go f- unlock them to begin with which is really cool that's like yep. i like that you they're not just in like the original zelda i'll oh, just walk in there and you, you know there's the there's the dungeon you've got to actually find the key and you got to find the key slot to open it i was like that is a cool little feature i like that and then the dungeons themselves they are they are challenging they're challenging and they're neat because they they added uh, 2D sections to each of them, which I found really cool and a bit of an Easter egg because they'll throw in, I guess, cat, I guess characters, right? Kirby's in a couple of them, Goombas are in a few prana plants. And that part was always neat to me. And it kind of takes Link's Awakening. It really sets it apart from the other franchise. It kind of feels like this is a dream because of all the other games that are influenced in there. And it's all those Yeah, because, yeah, you, you've, got the, you've got Goombas. Uh, yeah, I forgot about the prana plant. You've got the Chain Chomp. Um Kirby yep. is what? Yeah, that was the first time I saw Kirby, and I loved okay. hitting that thing. It was like fucking die, shit. Um, and there's also a Yoshi. You have to get a Yoshi doll, right? Yes, I forgot about the Yoshi doll. Yeah, so like, you know why that is. So I, cool. I had heard during development that um, this game started kind of as an after-hours unauthorized project type of deal, where they were playing with the dev kits for the Game Boy, and eventually it came along to the point where they th- they said, you know, we have a game here, and they proposed it to Nintendo. But in the beginning, it was an after-hour, after-work project, and that's why there's a lot of character cameos. They they weren't 
give an approval for it like Nintendo is these days. They just kind of threw it in there because it was fun to mess with. Yeah, it's no legality bollocks. They just throw it in there for shits and giggles. I never knew that. That's pretty interesting. That's... See, that's the thing. I'm glad they kept it in. I don't know if it's in the remake, though. I don't I don't assume Kirby's in the remake and you can start hitting uh, him. He is, but I think he looks just a bit different where they can get away with it, if I'm not wrong. It's been a while since I played the remake. Do you know what? I don't know why. I'm only on the second dungeon of the remake. I think, again, Pokemon, this is the problem we're doing YouTube and we talked about this off air. I had no time. So now I can go yeah. back and go, oh, what are you? You want my Nintendo Switch? I can play you again. Yay! Um, so I do want to play that and just crack through that. But yeah, there was loads of cameos and it was great. A great little thing to do. So I, ne- I never knew all of that. But these dungeons that you went through, they were... I, I found these dungeons always fun and unique because every tile in those dungeons could mean something. Could be part of the puzzle. It wasn't just like an empty corridor. There was always, oh, hang on, this could mean this. This could mean a key. This could mean yeah. a, an opening to a door somewhere. You have to bomb it somewhere. It was great. And they got more complex as you went on. Well, the mechanics of each dungeon was always cool too. It was the, um, I can't remember if it was the, it was the second last one, the, the the Eagle Tower, where you had to take a ball, a steel ball, and yes, knock it against I've pillars. Yes, I've got that in my notes. Yes, yeah. that was awesome. And like it's how terrible. much of a mind fuck is that, where you're like breaking these pillars, and then the floor above you collapses on the floor below you, and that's now a new floor. And just just yeah. amazing design. for the Again, Absolutely. for the Game Boy. <laughs> Again, yeah, they could have just paced, they could have just made slap, 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 here we go, here's Zelda 1 again. They could have easily just done that if they wanted to, and people would have gone, okay, it's a Zelda game. But Jesus, they went to that level. And I will say, like, you know, I've when I played the original Zelda, and one of my big complaints that I had playing that game, it was like a key-a-thon. It was literally, yeah. you want keys? Here's a key. You can go into the final dungeon with like 20 keys, something stupid. But here... Every dungeon, no, it was compact to that dungeon. You dealt with that dungeon. And the key locations, sometimes, like, you get, you earn a key, and then it drop, and you're like, no, where, where are you going? And it dropped, like, three floors below. You're like, you right. bastard. Yeah, yeah there's get persistence between some of the floors and rooms, which you never saw in Link to the Past, really. I mean, maybe once or twice. But this game has a lot of stuff like that, where... Like a, the um, the skeleton guy in the one dungeon who you you kill in he's four different rooms and he kind of moves around a bit. It's it's really awesome how they, he persists and it changes. It's a little bit more. Yeah. It's a little bit more dynamic, I guess. It doesn't feel like you know the original Zelda where enemies respawned all the time. It's, it felt a lot better. Oh God, yeah, the amount of respawning in the originals. Oh, don't that original Zelda game is so hard. Oh my God, that was difficult in comparison to this. Anyone go yeah. play the original Legend of Zelda game, you will get your ass handed to you very quickly. Well, classic Nintendo, right? And is hard, I guess, is the term that they throw around for those kind of games. And oh. Link's Awakening is it has some challenging sections, but overall, this is not this is not a challenging game. I found like Breath of the Wild more more hard than this. But yeah, it's still it, a good game though. It's still a good game. I think you only get a struggle again, you've got two bosses which kind of stick out. One is the first dungeon, which is like the worm which kind of bounces around in a random pattern and you have to hit its tail. The reason why that's a dick, because you only have three lives at that point, three hearts. And if it hits you, it takes off a full heart. But if it knocks you off the ped, like you're on a basically, imagine a raised up platform. If it knocks you off the platform, then essentially you go down and you've lost your one heart, two heart, and it restarts its health. They're going to get replenishes it all. So you're fighting it right back at the beginning again. 
And that's the same for fighting the bird on the eagle tower. Exactly the same thing. If it knocks you off the tower, yeah. you've lost health. It replenishes. That's a dick. Yeah, back to square one. It, it's frustrating. It, it's it's not great. You know, I remember I've done this recently too in the in the remake, but in the original Link's Awakening, I would I would do the three heart challenge where you'd kill a boss, but you wouldn't pick up the heart. You just keep going, and you wouldn't touch the heart pieces. So I've beaten this oh game with three hearts my. to give yourself an extra challenge. And that was a lot of fun to do. Wow, that I, no chance, absolutely no chance. You must have had to play so defensively to do that. Well, that's the thing with, with games back then, right, is we only had a handful of them, so sometimes you had to make your own fun, <laughs> right? So you give yourself these self-imposed challenges, but the, but the three-heart the run you've, is definitely something to do. You've turned something which is godlike, which is a very hard thing to do, and you've, sorry, you've made something that was like, okay, enjoyable, and you've made it really really difficult like i know pokemon have their thing when you can make nuzlocks so basically when a pokemon dies that's it or gets ko'd that's it i know i've learned about final fantasy 5 with the four job was it four what's it called it's basically four job game where basically you get given a class and that's your class for the whole game for everyone so it's like, okay jesus that's so if you got white mage unlucky that's your job <laughs> so but you know Oof. But if you want to, you, you can make your game as hard or as challenging as you want. But yeah, I can imagine the sense of achievement when you did that with three hearts. That must have been through the roof. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome to do. You know, one of the things, have you ever tried playing with ROM hacks? Do you know what that is? I've never played a Zelda ROM hack. I played plenty of Pokemon ROM hacks. Never a Zelda one. Yeah, it's absolutely popular for Pokemon. There's so many great ones for Pokemon. Um, but th it's great for a lot of games, and sometimes it's it could be a radical departure from the original game, changing sprites and music and level designs, or sometimes it's very small. But I wanted to mention ROM hacking because the, one of the few complaints I have about Link's Awakening, and you probably have the same thing too, is Nintendo for the longest while had this thing about tutorial messages in games. Mm -hmm. And in Link's Awakening, anytime you pick up the piece of power or the acorn power-ups, which they drop from the enemies you get a text box explaining what they do every single time. Or yep. when you don't have the bracelet and you go to pick up, you touch a pot by accident, it pops up a box saying, hey, you can't lift this, it's too heavy, every single time. It got to the point where I was seeing the same message whenever I accidentally touched or rubbed up against a block, this annoying <laughs> tutorial pop-up. And it wasn't just one screen of text, it's usually two or three. It was so frustrating. One of the first ROM hacks I use today, if I play this game again, gets rid of those messages. That's the only ROM hack I really need for Link's Awakening. Give me no tutorial messages. It <laughs> saves you nothing. so much time. <laughs> Do you know what? If I had a ROM hack, it'd be getting rid of that freaking owl. <laughs> He's so wordy. Owl. My God, he talks a lot. It's like if anyone has ever played, right, people may have played Ocarina of Time compared to playing this. The owl's in both of them. Holy shit. He's as wordy yeah. in both. You just want to get a gun and shoot him and say, piss off. The best part, or what well, the worst part, is when you speed through the dialogue as fast as you can, he asks you at the end, did you hear all that? And if you hit the wrong button, he repeats his speech he on does. it again. He does! He yeah. does! The amount it's of times I've done that, like, shit! Yeah. And he's like, you're basically, this is where you need to go next. I was like, I know where I need to go next, you bastard, piss off! But yeah, yeah, you can't just, because it's not that you can keep pressing A, 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 because when he nope. says, you know, when you did you get all that? The A is on the, the curse is on the no. I was like, 
bastard Nintendo. <laughs> but you that's knew Nintendo. what we'd be doing. Yeah. That's Nintendo helping you. That's Nintendo's always trying to make games accessible to a new player and that's never Nintendo. given the option to skip it. <laughs> that's meant Nintendo making the game longer. I will make this game one minute longer because you don't want to read our messages. Read our fucking... <laughs> we put our time and effort into these messages. You will read them. It's funny because Link's Awakening has kind of peaked Zelda for me. As much as I love Breath of the Wild, but there is a long gap where I didn't play any Zelda games. Like Skyward oh, really? Sword, just touched on it briefly. Yeah, I, I bought it for the Wii eventually, and I just couldn't slog through it. The opening yeah. island is like the one multi-hour long tutorial, and it bored the hell out of me. And Agreed. it was very hard for me to get through. So the, like the last Zelda I really played was, before Breath of the Wild, was Ocarina of Time, really. I, I tried Majora's Mask and Skyward Sword, and I just I could not get into them at all. So for yeah, me, Skyward... it's always been these 2D Zeldas like Link's Awakening. Skyward Sword is hard. Skyward Sword, I, yeah. I've tried that. That's hard. Like I've played the I think I've played nearly all of them now. Um, I've, like I've since I've been doing the show, I've, I've played Minish Cap. Love Minish Cap. That was great fun. Um, I go. I've done the Oracle games. They're good fun. What the the one of the best ones is um, a Link Between Worlds. That's incredible. That's a oh, really the 3DS. good game. Yes, yes. that yeah, is. I played a, through that once. Yeah, that very was good. good one. And in much of the yeah. way, it's a lot of that is because it's similar to Link's Awakening in that it felt like uh, an extension to Link to the Past, right? I mean, I know it was a sequel, but it's pretty good. Yeah, it had that feel to breath um, to Link to the Past, but it was just I thought it was a really well designed, really well contained, really good adventure. And that's the thing, yeah. I I probably do enjoy the two D Zelda's more. I don't know what it is, but I just look apart from Link to the Past, blah, 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 but I just prefer the 2D ones so much. Like Link's Awakening, the Oracle games will always be some of the best games I've ever played. Like I love them so, so much. And like the thing is where people like use the term like, you know, Metroidvania, I always think that why is that never applied to the Zelda games? Because they are, essentially. They are, actually. Speaking of ROM hacks, if you if you ever want to challenge yourself more. There is a ROM hack, and it's actually it's for Link to the Past and Super Metroid, and it crosses the two together. I don't oh think I've heard God, of that'd this. Be awesome! No, it's, no, explain. It's wild. So you're playing it. You're, it puts the two ROMs together, and you're playing the combined game. You go in uh, the Death Mountain, and it takes you to a, a exit in Metroid. You find uh, a power up in Metroid, and it's bombs for Link. You're in Link playing Link in a dungeon, and you get the item, and it's like the various suit for Samus. Like they cross-pollinate the items across both the games. It's incredibly hard because <laughs> it's all randomized, but it's really awesome to play once. But that's the, that's the beauty of ROM hacks. You can make some incredible beasts and some of the most challenging games. Like I said, Pokemon, yeah, we all know if, if you listen to this show, I'm a big nerd and I played a lot of that. Like I've played Fire Red. No, what was it called? Radical Red incredible radical red absolutely yeah. great and then you've got the kaizo games and then there's ones oh, yes. of platinum they're just they if you want to play pokemon like radical red for me is the only way i'd want to play pokemon now that's i'll have to check that one out i remember i played pokemon fire red and red back in the day those are the two games i really played back in the day on game boy was pokemon was those two so radical red is a remake is a rom hack of fire red and leaf green but it's right. hard as balls that's the thing the challenge is nice yeah and i think it's got up to gen is it gen 7 no no it's got up to gen 8 the recent version's got up to gen 8 so it's all up to date has all of them 
They've That's pretty awesome. They've got all the sprites for all the Pokemon, and they've got Dynamax. It's 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 mental. They've got Mega Evolution. It's just oh, so crazy. It's it must be recent then, if it's got Dynamax and whatnot in there. He keeps updating them. They keep updating them. <laughs> that's wild. It's it's great. And then that's the thing. I, I love stuff like that. So maybe I should look at some ROM hacks for Zelda. It just keeps me busy. Because the thing is, yeah, the 2D ones is that are great. And even with this one, we didn't get like an update until we got the... Is it the DX, isn't it? Um, the director's cut. And that was on, on the, the Game, Game Boy, Boy Color. Color. And I, I, don't, I, I didn't get that at the time because I thought, well, I'm not going to pay more money. Again, this comes back to what we said at the beginning is that you only get one present. And that was it. Right. And... I think I played it on the 3DS when it was available, so I went straight to that and got to finally do the color dungeons, which were a nice little addition. They weren't anything special, but seeing the game in color was like, "Ooh, this is cool." It's it's neat, but the Game Boy the Game Boy Color was also limited in its color choices. I mean, it's it's definitely better than the yellow and spinach, but it still mm-hmm. felt limited. And uh, I enjoy the color dungeon. I, I agree with you. It was nice that it's there especially at a time when stuff like that wasn't very common. I mean, today we have modern games, you have DLC and updates all the time. You don't yeah. really see that for the classic game. So it's no. neat that it got a director's cut and how they modified it a bit. But it wasn't really until, I guess, the remake on Switch where I went through the Color Dungeon all the way through. And I kind of felt it was a cheat because the rewards for the Color Dungeon are pretty good. One is mm-hmm. it's, it's double damage and the other one is half half your damage when you get hit. Yeah, oh, the tunics. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if you make a beeline for those early on, it's it's an incredible cheat. <laughs> That's yeah, fun. I was going to say, you'll yeah. probably make the game a lot easier. But then again, it depends what you want. Do you want to complete the story or do you want a challenge? Do you want to be a psycho and do three heart challenge on that? <laughs> well, that's what it was doing. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. But that's the thing. If you get the tunic, you went to six hearts, essentially. Oh. Yes. The magic, yeah. the magic is there. But it's... Oh, I just, I love this game so much. I just think this is great. And the thing is, we got, um, I should say, actually, considering we were saying you've not played a lot of other Zeldas, this isn't really a Zelda game. It's a weird one because Zelda's not even in it. Um, There's no Triforce. There's no Ganon. There's no Master Sword. There's no Hyrule. It's like, uh, the only thing that passes over is Link. That's about it. Yeah, I always felt that Marin was kind of this was kind of Zelda in this world, I guess, where it's like the, she looked like Zelda, but in this dream world, she wasn't a princess. That's what I always yeah. felt when I was playing this. Basically, if Link wanted a redhead. <laughs> sure, yeah. This, this but I mean, there's there's hints of other stuff in this game. Like the final boss in this game is various callouts to previous bosses in Link to the Past, for example. So you do see a hint of Ganon, but you're right, yes. he's not actually Ganon. It's like a shadow Ganon, but that kind of makes sense because it's a nightmare. So if, if it's coming from Link's head, then yeah, there's going to be a memory of fighting Ganon. So that kind of makes sense. Right. And, it, you know, but again, it's a great, great idea because I think yeah, had Ganon suddenly appeared, it would have made no sense to the story at all if it was the actual Ganon. But the fact it was just a shadow or a nightmare, great, great idea. And, you know, I thought that was a pretty decent boss. Like, not many bosses stand out for me in this game. But what I think stands out for me is the the items. I think the items are genius in this game. So they, they are, except for one, for me. And it actually, you, you mentioned the last boss being a great design. I agree with you, except for one part. There's the part of the boss phase where he's a blob jumping around. Yeah. I spent, as a kid, 
a solid two hours attempting him, trying to figure out what item I needed to use to take him down. I could not <laughs> I figure it out, dude. Every item, nothing was touching them. It wasn't until I finally, by happen chance, went and grabbed some dust, and I realized that's what it was. But I never <laughs> bothered with powder. dust. Yeah. Like, who the hell uses the magic powder? I never use the magic powder, except for the beginning of the game when you have to. I pretty yeah. much ignored it the entire playthrough. But you need it for that final boss encounter, which is brilliant. Don't get me wrong. They got me. <laughs> like, that's the weapon you use. But it's just so frustrating. Yeah, who goes, can you imagine Link just going around going, you have magic powder. I'm going to throw pixie dust at you. Yeah. And that's like, eh. <laughs> just, just I just got this image. You know, I've got this almighty sword. No, no, that's not doing any damage. But pixie dust. Woo. Just Boom. the fairy pocket sand. That's all it is. It just, how does he th- it's just wild. How does he throw that? How does he throw it at an enemy? Like, how much powder? Like, imagine if you got a clump of sand. Yeah, that's going to do some damage. But this is, I imagine, fine powder. And he's limited on this stuff. I don't know. Someone's going to have to have this image of what he's doing with it. Yeah, the only trick to it, really, I found was there is an upgrade that gives you more magic powder at some point in the game. And if you don't have that, you're really limited in that boss fight with this stuff. But thankfully, it's only that one small section. Yeah, but that's the good thing is like they have every item is still useful to a point. Oh yeah, like it's not in well that final where you'll never you'll never use it again. Right, like that final have, boss encounter, you have to use the rocks feather to jump, and you're plunking arrows at the thing. Like just the the combination of items like that, jumping over the arm, shooting the arrows. Uh, there's like one dungeon where you need to use arrows with the bombs together to do an exploding arrow. Like stuff like this was. There was more thought into these item designs than I think in Link to the Past ever thought. Oh, the combinations were great because people may criticize the fact that, oh, it was the two-button problem that has been a main thing for Link and you have to switch between items. I was like, well, what do you want them to do? They had right. We had four buttons on the controller. Start, select, A, B. What else are they going to do? This is the, you know, there was nothing else they could do. But what they did do, yeah, as you said, you could switch between items and do random combinations. Like, I forgot the, the arrow and um, bomb, but you had, like, the Rock's Feather and the Pegasus Boots. And the Rock's Feather was the right. first one that made you jump, and the Pegasus Boots made you sprint. But you put them together, you can do a bigger jump, and you have to have that at some point. You could do the sword with a, and the Pegasus Boots, and that was a running attack, which was incredible. Well, I use that all the time, yeah. Yeah, you just basically go around, and Link's like, da-da-da-da-da, and just... He puts his sword. It's like that thing from Bart and Lisa. If you get in my way, it's your fault. <laughs> That's essentially it with this. He just runs at them. Because you get in my way, it's your fault. Or you could have the rock's feather with the sword and basically jump attack. It was great. Yeah, a lot more dynamic combat. And that's the thing that distinguishes this from Link to the Past or the original Zelda. In these older games, you had the shield constantly up. So if you were being attacked by projectiles, all you had to do was face the projectile and not mm-hmm. attack and it clink off your shield. But in Link's Awakening, you have to actually hold your shield up. And I know it can be frustrating when you only have two buttons, but at least this makes combat more fun, more dynamic. And if you don't use the shield, because you have that option to, it kind of makes it more of a risk-reward thing. Do you want to have the convenience of having your bombs out at all times, or do you want to have to keep your shield out and be more defensive? I like that kind of dynamic. I think that makes more sense, because, well, that's what would be happening in the real world. You know, basically, right. he's either going to be holding his bombs or he's going to be holding his shit. He can't do both. You and yet, yeah, yeah. that it's that risk reward. I completely agree because if yeah, if you had the ability, the shield was always there. Well, you kind of like, well, that takes off half the risk. 
But in if you're playing it without the shield, you are on the move, especially if there are rooms where there is stuff flying at you all the time. You've got to move a lot, yeah. non-stop. And like it's a smaller smaller screen of real estate as well compared to Link's Awakening or Link's Link to the Past. So it's smaller boss arena. So every space matters in those boss rooms. And it can be tight fit. Some of those bosses are quite large. Yeah, they are. Like if you played Link's Awakening on the um, Switch, it's very different because they've made the rooms a lot bigger. But in the yeah, Awakening, it's tight. And you haven't got much space for combat here. It's not like in some games, Elder Games, where you can just do what you want. But you've got... You haven't got much space at all. Like the whole, I, I think I usually had um, the sword and the rock's feather. They were they were my go-to things all the time. Just well, the rock's feather is what things. really brings a new dynamic to exploring things, right? There's holes everywhere, jumping over enemies. Like, there's a lot of opportunities to use that, which was great. It really felt, f- feels less like a 2D game when you have the ability to jump. <laughs> it's an interesting oh, yeah. way they brought that in. But this thing, there it goes back to that Metroidvania thing, because basically, yeah, there's there's a holes on the world map, and you're like, well, I can't get over that now. But then you get the the rock feather, and you can go, oh, brilliant! I can go explore a bit more now, and you can go yeah. find new things, new paths, new adventures. That's awesome. Like in the moment you get a new item, whether you've got the hook shot, the boomerang, you're off again trying to find out. Okay, now I can go do this. Now I can get this heart piece. That's exactly the same as a Metroidvania, and I don't know why Zelda doesn't really get put in that category sometimes. Yeah, no, I agree with 100. I think it is Metroidvania. And you also have the nice little trade quest, which you have to do right at the beginning of the game. You do. I found that part a little bit frustrating, and I think. I think some of the other Zelda games brought that into play as well. The idea of getting one item and trading it up to another item, taking you across mm-hmm. the entire map. If you didn't do it as you're playing the game, you had to backtrack, and I found that a little bit annoying. Yeah, that was their way of trying to extend it. They, they introduced you to the idea of it to begin with, because I think that's how you... Is it how you get your shield? Or until you get the magic powder? Early on, yeah. You get something at the end of it as well. I think you get a, a magnifying lens. Does that do something for you? I want to think it does. I think you get the boomerang as well at some point. Is it you get the boomerang? That's what it is. Yeah, yeah you unlock the, the ability to get the, the boomerang, which you have to boom- swap an item for. Take it. But it's a good, again, I, I understand the whole backtracking thing. If you're not doing it throughout, it's a bit of a ball. Like, but it was probably just Nintendo's way of getting you to talk to all these other NPCs. Um, right. So you basically have that interaction, which can be a pain because sometimes I don't like talking to NPCs. But then again, well. It makes it fleshes out the game a bit more. You you learn more about the world. You learn more about the characters. So that's not really on me for being a horrible antisocial bastard when there's all <laughs> these nice people who might want to talk to me. Well, the thing too is with with a lot of Zelda games, the NPCs are not really that fantastic, right? Like we mentioned, you bond with Marin. Marin's a good character, but a lot of the characters are very very much in the background one or two lines of dialogue and that's it so there was a point where i kind of skipped some of those npcs and it's a shame because there is some charm there that you would miss if you skip them well there's one can you remember the one in the shop the shopkeeper oh <laughs> yeah did you were you a naughty boy did you steal something from the shop yeah so if, if you don't know if you know you haven't played you can actually steal from the shopkeeper and when he's not looking you pick because of how it works you pick the item up and you take it to him and say here you go as you would in a shop. And but if he's not looking, you can just run out with it. And but if you do that, um you go and if you try and go back in, he just yeah, he has a go, he says, You a naughty boy, did you try and steal? And then he kills you. <laughs> he kills you, yeah. It's the price you pay. 
but the the worst thing is not even just that is that your your file name changes to thief that's right i remember that now and but it's almost every, worth it because you get the bow and arrow for nothing because that thing is what, 900 rupees or something ridiculous yeah something massive but then everybody calls you thief for the rest of the game right yeah that's it like everyone so your name is now your file name changes to thief everyone calls you thief i was like oh that's annoying but there's nothing you it's can okay do, though but... i like it though because it's you know what it's a cheat you a little it makes the game a little bit easier to a degree but uh you gotta pay for the name and shame for the rest of the file <laughs> yeah you basically imagine showing that to your parents oh mama did the game why are you called thief uh I no reason I, yeah <laughs> i learned my consequences <laughs> i remember playing this i'd, I'd completed the game and I went back into it, and apparently I read there was like a way to skip tiles. And I can't remember how you do it. It's something to do with the map. And when you move to the next tile, you press select or something like that. But you can oh, the jump. Zips. Yeah. Yeah. And I did it, and I was like, oh my God. And the game was just like, it was like falling in on itself. It's like, I don't know what to do. Help me. And I was like, this yeah. is amazing. Well, one of the great things about retro gaming these days is you have people who do speed runs of these games, and yeah. that's the kind of stuff they live for, right? Those kind of glitches. I never did it myself. I, I couldn't speed run this game. But but the idea of that, that they could beat a game in 10 minutes or less because they know how to warp across the screen <laughs> using glitches it, like this. It always amazed me awesome. how they find this I, stuff. Yeah. I, I, how, you, how do you find it? Like, I've seen um, Pokemon be finished in, like, 10 minutes. I'm like, how, how, how have you found that and that specific thing you have to do to go from, I think it's like Viridian Forest, all the way to the Pokemon League. It's like, how? Yeah. <laughs> just People just have got too much constantly time. trying to break those games to get you like the, the random bite of information that just takes you and warps the, the map to another side of the map. It's just wild stuff to me. It's great. It's neat. I'm glad it exists. I love watching speedruns that do that, but it's just, I can't pull it off. <laughs> no. I know Legend of Zelda's got a few, the Ocarina of Time, and I think that one's just been broken again. Um, like the, the the speed run on that has just been rebroken, and you can literally go from the start of the game right to the end, and like the to, to the final boss, boss and Ganon, and like don't like yeah, and like I think it's like twenty five minutes or something even stupid, something like that. It's like wow, fair play to you if you can do it, but it's a hard thing to do. But nah, not for yeah. me. No, no, oh, I agree. Now, the one thing I also want to praise is the music in this game, because it's awesome. Oh, the song of the wing, the Windfish song, when you're playing the instruments, and how you can go to the egg, basically after every dungeon, to hear the song build up with each new instrument. That's just amazing. Yeah, that's so yeah. good. And I, yeah, it's like, yeah, I, need, I got my drums, I got my trumpet, I want to play a little bit more. But I, I love the, when you, um, you don't get the main Zelda theme, or Zelda world theme, until you actually get your sword. So you've got another tune, but just hearing yeah. the Zelda thing, dun, 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 I was like, oh my God, this is just incredible. It just, for some reason, I don't know why, the Link's Awakening version is, for me, always the purest form of this song. And I love it so, so much. I just, oh, this but game. I said before how I feel like the Game Boy is really underrated, and music is one of them. For such a... For such a not simple device, but for such a like a underprocessed device, the music in a lot of Game Boy games is just fantastic, and it beats the NES a lot of the time. And a lot of the times, it matches the SNES. And it's hilarious yeah. how limited the device is. But Link's Awakening can go toe to toe with with Link to the Past in terms of music score. 
Like the, the songs were composed and utilized that sound chip so well. And it's just something you don't see in a lot of other handhelds. No, I, you know what? I completely agree. And yeah, it's easy to go back to the Pokemon because it is. The Pokemon soundtrack is phenomenal on the Game Boy. On the Game Boy. Unbelievable. Yeah. And like you hear that Pokemon straight away. And it's again, with a little Game Boy, how the hell are you doing that? Yeah, instantly recognizable theme for Pokemon in Game Boy. And whenever you hear that in any other subsequent game, it's just like, yes. this, And it all comes from the original Game Boy. Like, that that sound chip is damn magical with what some composers do with it. It really is quite good. And it's amazing when you look at, like, the Game Boy in itself compared to, at the time, was the Game Gear. That was essentially its rival. And the Game Gear had full, ca- uh, full color, although you'd right. probably have to mortgage your house to get the thing to run. Because it needed so many, it's like four AA batteries, and they would just die in like five minutes or something like that. I think it was six, and yeah, it was it was less than two hours, I think, for the battery life, which was just for insane. Just monstrous how much electricity that thing required. But the Game Boy yeah. pooed all over it. The Game Boy was inc- was so much better than the Game Gear. The game was so much better. Just well, the Game everyone... Gear was basically a port of the Master System for the most part, so a lot of the games had slowdown and just graphical graphical glitches. It just was not nearly the same. So. Game Boy may have been limited in color palette and, and graphics, but what developers used to make their games, they just knew how to just make that chip do what they needed to do. Like the sprites that are in, in Link's Awakening stand out against, I think, any other pixel art in a lot of modern games, right? Like it just, yeah. they did such a great job with it. The and shading it was... and the items, yeah. Oh, it's like they were perfecting their craft. I think when yeah. they got to this game, it's like, right, okay, we know what we're doing now. We've had a few Zeldas before. You know, we're experimenting, and it's like here we're, we're perfecting things. And I recently did an episode with my brother, and we were talking about Resident Evil One for the GameCube, and we were saying like, I for me that was the best remake ever made because I would never want to ever play Resident Evil for the PlayStation. I'd have no, no hint of ever going back to it. Never. However, right. although the remake on the Switch is extremely good, I would still enjoy going back to the original Game Boy version and have just as much fun. And that's the thing. If I were to play Link's Awakening today, I have the remake on Switch, but I would probably play the Game Boy one, honestly. Like, the Switch one is fine. It is good for what it is, but the original Game Boy one is the one I would go back to. That's the one I love as a kid. Yeah, and you've got that nostalgia pull. You've got that nostalgia yeah. pull, but I honestly think, you, yeah, you could go back to that. And unlike Resident Evil, nah, never would play the PlayStation One. No chance you'd ever get me to do it. But this, no, no I would still take the Links Away, and I would still take the black and white. Give me the black and white version, and I would play that all day long. And I think I'd have a great time. And I, I argue that for a lot of 3D games, for me, maybe it's nostalgia because that's not what I really grew up with. I mean, I had a PlayStation and N64 later in life, but 3D graphics, first gen 3D, doesn't hold up today like 2D sprite work does. It really no, doesn't. 100% right? agree with you. Some, some of those old games, oh, you want to vomit when you look at them. But oh, a terrible. lot of these yeah. old Game Boy games, they hold up. 2D games, they hold up and they're still enjoyable today. 100%. Now, you said earlier you might you had some complaints about this. What were your complaints? Uh, really, we, we talked about it already. It's the, the tutorial messages when you when you oh, we don't go. have a certain item. And uh, that final boss, the magic dust, that part was very <laughs> obtuse. <laughs> it really is that pixie dust, man. It it was something that wasn't explained to you for once in a Nintendo game. <laughs> and it took me a while to figure it out. 
But otherwise, yeah, those are the only two flaws I have for the entire game. That's how That's perfect this game is now. to me. That's going to stick with me now, Link, just going around going, pick the dust, pick the dust, have your dust. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> it's the big I'm final the boss. The big final boss. What are you going to do to me? I've got some pick the dust. <laughs> there you go. Dust. <laughs> just like, the idea, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> It'd just be so yeah. funny. Oh, I need to see that. So I'll make a YouTube of that, please. So if, if you've got <laughs> any more, anything else you want to say about this game before we wrap up and give it a score? No, I mean, this, I think we've covered it. This is the two of us talking for the last hour about this game. This game is so iconic for the Game Boy, but also for the franchise as a whole. It really is such a fantastic entry in this franchise. No, I agree. So if you had to score it out of 10, what would you be giving it? Oh, this is 10 out of 10. This is one of the few 10 out of 10 games for me, for sure. Yeah, I I have to give it a 10. I I love it. And I won't hear that it's only got two buttons. Well, that's not its fault. It's yeah. what can it do? <laughs> it's what, hardware. What you want it to do? Suddenly, the Game Boy developed more buttons. It's just not happening. I thought for what they did, it's a fantastic game, and I absolutely thoroughly enjoy it. Maybe nostalgia blinds me a little bit, but for me, it is one of my favorite games of all time, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, same. Fantastic game. Well, Jake, thank you very much for coming onto the show as your debut. What a little gem you brought me, and I really, really appreciate it. I would love to have you back on again at some in the future. Oh, absolutely. This has been a blast to do, and there's a lot on the Game Boy that I love and I have nostalgia for, so there's tons of classics I could talk about. Awesome, awesome. We'll Game Boy Freak afterwards, and yeah, we'll get you back on. Sounds good. All right, take care, mate. Take care. And that was Link's Awakening for the Game Boy. Thank you very much to everyone for listening. Thank you very much to Jake for coming on. I really appreciate it and look forward to having you on, on again soon. Until then, I hope everyone stays well. I'll see you all next week. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. <laughs>